The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you. Lord, we ask that you breathe upon us today. Teach us your word yourself. And let the name of Jesus be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' amazing name, we are prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. Now, today we are in part two of our series, Full Recovery. Full Recovery. Last week, we started out, um, and it's a series that is building up to the 14th of May, when we will have a God We Do It Again service. And, and the theme is full recovery. Last week, we looked at um, recover your passion. Recover your passion. And today, by the grace of God, we will be looking at recover your mind. Recover your mind. You see, as, as, as a church, as, as a pastor, I mean, and over the years, we, we minister a lot to, the, to physical illness, and, and, and we pay a lot of attention to physical health, and, and that is good. And we minister a lot to, to spiritual illness, and, and we, we minister a lot to spirit, spiritual health, and that is fantastic. But you see, we tend to ignore mental illness and, and mental health. But Jesus has come to give us full recovery. Spirit, soul, and, and body. Spiritual and body. So today we, we will be looking at recover your mind. Why? Because everything that God will do for you on earth has to walk through your mind. Everything. Everything that God has released in the spirit realm, for you to take hold of it in the physical, you must grasp it or receive it in your mind. Everything you have received from God, for you to maintain it, you need a sound mind. The reason some people get a breakthrough and it fizzles out because their mind was attacked. Maybe fear, maybe depression, maybe some form of illness of the mind and they don't know how to deal with it and they lose the ground that God has given them. God will give you divine health in your mind. In the mighty name of Jesus. So I, I got a hold of um, a friend of mine. Um, she's um, a medical doctor. She's um, um, she specializes in mental health. She's pretty much very respected in the UK. She's, in fact, she's a specialist in her field and she's sought after to speak um, different conferences regarding mental health because she's done a whole lot of work in the area of mental health. So um, I, I, I took a hold of her late yesterday night and we had a, a conversation um, and I said to her I was going to show the conversation in church you know, today and that will kind of set um, um, the tone, I mean, for this teaching. 
So let's have the video. Good day, Dr. Leah Akinlonu. Let's start by you introducing yourself to us. My name is Leah Akinlonu, and I am a psychiatrist. Um, I've known Pastor Femi for quite a number of years now. Um, and in addition to being a psychiatrist, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, and um, my specialty as a psychiatrist is mental health. I'm passionate about turning mental health risk into recovery. Um, mental, mental health as a pastor, I mean, we, we minister to, to the spirit, you know, we, we focus on spiritual health and obviously we focus on um, a lot on, on physical health also because of healing and all that. And But in, a lot of attention is not being paid to mental health. And, and it's a big challenge because we have people struggling with mental health issues. I don't even know what to do about it. Think something is wrong with them. Think uh, maybe I'm not spiritual enough. Think uh, maybe um, maybe there's a curse somewhere, you know? So can you help us? What is mental health? Okay, I'll, I'll make a distinction between mental health and mental illness. Physical health and physical illness. There's good mental health and then there's mental illness. So physical health is the health of the body. Physical illness is illness of the body. Mental health is health of the mind and mental illness is illness of the mind. And the way it shows up is um, it affects people in many different ways. Um, but the predominant things you'll find is that the person is not able to cope with stress there's stress in day-to-day -day living it's normal for everybody to experience stress but not being able to cope with the day-to-day -day stress of living that's a part of mental illness not being able to optimize one's potential not being able to work productively or fruitfully so the short answer is that mental illness is illness of the mind mental illness what you know i mean i was reading it today and, and um, you talked about two things you talked about the vulnerability and and the triggers of of mental health. You know, for the vulnerability, um, we a lot of those factors are outside of our immediate control. Obviously, except God does a miracle, and we believe in miracles. However, the triggers are mainly stress related. Can you um, talk us through the triggers and point us to how we can get help when we struggle in those areas? Yeah. To clarify, it mentioned stress as a trigger, that it's normal for a human being to experience stress. Right. I experience stress. <laughs> you experience stress. Every, everybody does of the mind is being able to deal with stress oh. so if there's a difficulty or a problem when we wake up in the morning we're usually able to think right this is what i'll do to sort this out before i go to work if we get to work and there's some other difficulty to deal with it's stress or we're late we've been delayed it's stress the mind is designed to be able to deal with the normal stresses of life okay 
in mental illness, stress becomes something that a person cannot handle. And there's so many different sources. Stress from physical health. So physical illness in itself can be a stress factor. Right. Physical or, or emotional factors. Right. Those are forms of stress. And then social or environmental factors. So things like accommodation, difficulty with finances, with accommodation, with employment or with studies, with education. All of those are different kinds of stress. Take uh, Hooke's law, for instance. When you have a spring that has um, elasticity limit, you know, someone with mental illness has um, a very fragile elasticity limit. In other words, cannot, cannot um, endure even the normal pressures of life, normal weight uh, and, 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 and load that life puts on you. The mind is designed to deal with stress, but it can get to a point where it's so overwhelming that the person can no longer deal with it. So as, as you were describing, if you imagine, I don't have a rubber band here with me, but if you imagine a, a rubber band to it and release it, it goes back to normal. Right. You apply stress and release, it goes back to normal. Right. But if you stretch and stretch and stretch, when you release it, it, it becomes lax. Right. It loses the elasticity. Elasticity. And if the stress is prolonged, a person is undergoing stress and they're not talking about it, they're not speaking out or seeking help, it can keep stretching and stretching and stretching. And it gets to a point where actually it snaps. But mm -hmm. that's the point at which a person begins to have major symptoms of mental illness. So that's the, it's really important to speak out very early on. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be with a mental health professional. It could be with a friend. Right. It could be with a spouse. Right. right. A family member, a counselor, right. um, a pastor. And, and the pastor might then point the person to a mental health professional. And how do you, how do you know a person is undergoing stress? It, it, it can affect people in many ways. It can affect the, their appetite. They not be able to sleep, start withdrawing and isolating socially, not really oh. want to go out. Oh. not want to people's calls um, sometimes it begins to affect self-care um, maybe it's a man who might just think look I can't be bothered to shave or a lady doesn't I might be stressed right now you know when it begins it's just that you know, absolutely bothered with my my appearance you know there, there are different ways it affects the individual so it's really important to speak out early what would you advise a Christian to do? You know, should I just keep it to myself and, and trust God to deal with this with me? Should I, at what point do I speak out? Should I speak out at all? Even though you mentioned it already. Um, um, should I not speak out, you know, and just believe? Yeah, um, there's, there's no one size fits all answer. Um, but I, and I think as, as Christians, our primary source um, is the Lord, so we speak to. Absolutely. You know, as people say, there's a saying that you go to the throne before you go to the phone. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. It's not my quote, I picked it up from somewhere, but yeah, we talk to the Lord first. But then He's given us friends, He's given us family, He's given us brothers and sisters. 
colleagues and other people to speak to, you know, find a trusted friend and say, look, I've been going through this situation. It seems to be prolonged. I'm finding it difficult to cope. Just in your own words, completely honestly, and saying, look, this is what I'm going through and I'm finding it difficult to cope. Sometimes you see the intervention can be as basic as problem solving. One of the reasons why people don't speak out is that they're scared that people like me, psychiatrists, will impose medication and it's not always the case. Sometimes it's, it's essential. But right. it's not always the case. Sometimes the solution is just, it's practical problem solving. It's giving advice. It's offering support. It's, it's helping a person with their difficulties. Sometimes it is um, psychological interventions. It could be counseling. It could be um, uh, behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and so on. Sometimes it's medication. So there are different interventions, but regardless of who you are, Christian or not, don't be afraid to speak out. You know, there's, there's been a lot of shame, a lot of stigma attached to mental illness. I, I, I want you to look at, at us and, and speak to that person that is struggling with suicide or is struggling with um, acute depression or, or I just want to maybe end it all, you know? What would you say to that person? I think, first of all, some people are very aware of how they're feeling and what they're thinking. For some others, just, they just have a vague sense of, well, and I don't know what to do. Some of the signs to look out for, for a feeling of hopelessness, just feeling that nothing can change, nothing can improve. A feeling of worthlessness, feeling like, look, I'm not worth anything. Um, everybody else might be significant. I'm just nothing. That feeling of worthlessness. And then just feeling negative about the whole world around them. Those, those are really significant signs. And sometimes it extends into feeling, look, I don't think I really want to be alive anymore. And sometimes even feeling, look, I thought of doing such a, such a thing to harm myself or to end my life. Those are quite distressing thoughts. But people have, some people have those thoughts and sadly they don't, they don't ask for help, they don't speak out, and then they can go on to hurt themselves. But a number of people have had those thoughts and they speak out, they ask for help. As, as we said initially, it's you cry out to the Lord, but you don't stop there. He's given you people around you Absolutely. to and to help. So you speak out. Absolutely. But whatever you do, don't keep quiet. Whatever you do, don't please do not keep quiet. But go to the there's, phone before you go to the phone. There's there's hope. There's recovery. That's why I believe so much in recovery. There is recovery. It doesn't matter how bleak it. I mean, yes, yes, it matters. It's hurtful. It's painful. It's distressing. But regardless, there is recovery. Absolutely. Thank, thanks a lot. Um, you have um, two new books: Mental Illness. What? and mental illness, how? Um, I have my copies, complimentary. Thank you very much. And, um, and um, when do we expect copies at Gosford House in Lagos? And, and in the meantime, where can people um, get a copy of the book? I've got mine right in front <laughs> of me as well. <laughs> so they are the what of mental illness and then the how of mental illness, the what and the how. And they're available on Amazon.
www.amazon.com. You can either order uh, an ebook or you can order the hard copies as well. And so if you're curious about mental health, you can pick these up and read. By God's grace, we should be able to get copies within the month, within then, four working within okay. four working weeks. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so very much, um, Dr. Leah. Uh, well done, well done in the um, recovery field, and um, I pray that God will bless your endeavors. Amen. Okay, so um, that's kind of just set the pace for us um, in this teaching. Recover your mind. I mean, the challenge with life is that everybody goes through pressure. Everybody. Everybody. There's no, nobody's insulated from it. If, whether you are a psychiatrist or you are a pastor or you are a whatever. Everybody goes through it. And when we look at the life of Jesus. You see, it, it didn't only address the spiritual. Yes, it did. It didn't only address the physical. Yes, it did. It also addressed the mental, the psychological. It addressed issues that had to do with our souls. And this scripture in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, is so amazing because when you look at what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty to 30, he says, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying a heavy burden. Does that describe a lot of people today? And he promises and says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus is saying, when you come and you take and you learn, you will find rest. He's saying, when we come, take and learn, we will find rest. So, we are going to be looking at those three things that Jesus highlighted in that passage of scriptures. Come to me, take my yoke, learn from me. When we come to him, take his yoke, learn from him, we will find automatically rest. So, the first thing. Immediately, that jumps out at us. Jesus is saying, come to me. So number one, come to Christ. Come to Christ. You could immediately say, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm with Christ. Oh, but you're going to see whether we have been in Christ or not. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. And he says, come all that are weary. Come. Everybody that is under pressure, come. Everybody that is carrying a heavy burden, come. And he promises to give you rest. So what, what kind of rest? What kind of weariness? What kind of burden? 
Is it physical weariness? Obviously not. Because it says, I will give you rest for your souls. So the rest is the rest for your soul. It's soul rest. It's mental rest. It's emotional rest. So our problem with stress is not a problem that comes from excessive muscular activity. Our problem with stress is not overworked muscles. In fact, many of us could do with some work on our muscles. (laughs) So our problem with stress is not overworked muscles. Our problem with stress is an overworked mind. Our minds are overworked. Overworked emotions. Overworked anxiety. Intensity of tension. You lie down. Your, your physical body is lying down there. But your mind is racing. You are racing through the account books. You are racing through. You are thinking about this. Thinking about that. Thinking about that. Worrying about this. Worrying about that. Worrying about the children. Where will my daughter be now? Where will my wife be now? Where's my husband? Oh, you know, you are thinking, you are worrying, you are, you know, and our minds are in overdrive. You are thinking about salaries. You have people, it's end of month, they are thinking about, oh, how am I going to pay salaries? You have 20, 50 people. An overworked mind can be a burden. It is actually a burden. And there can't be full recovery if we don't recover our minds. In fact, if we recover other areas, like I said earlier on, and we don't recover our minds, we, we, we won't really enjoy those breakthroughs and we can become a problem even for, for God. So physical rest is not enough. You need relief from anxiety, from tension, from guilt, from fear, from bitterness. And Jesus is saying, come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. That's what Jesus is saying. So the question to you and I is, where do you go when you are under pressure? Where do you go? Who do you turn to when you are stressed out? What do you do for relief? And for most people, it's not Christ. They don't go to Christ. They are born again, but they don't go to Christ when they are stressed. But Jesus is saying, come to me when you are stressed. For a lot of people, they go to the TV. They turn on the TV and they binge on Telemundo. And they watch... Um, I've forgotten. What's the name of that? Z-World. <laughs> and, and, you know... And they binge on it. And for others, they turn to food. They eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. Speaking to one of my daughters yesterday, and she was telling me that, oh, for her, it is, she needs, to, she needs a, a loaf of bread, what they call parfum, you know, the original parfum, you know, and maybe some granules, then coke, and she will just down everything. That's how she handles stress. She's born again, she's baptized in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but that's how she handles stress. For some other people, it's jacuzzi. 
I need to get into the jacuzzi. For some other people, it's sex. For some other people, it's the bottle. I need to get a drink. Oh, I need to get a drink. But Jesus says, come to, come to me. Come to me. That is where you will find real rest. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31. You know, I really love how he puts it. He says, God energizes those who get tired. God energizes. So the real energizer is who? It's God. It's not a battery. <laughs> and gives fresh strength to drop out. It says, those who wait upon God get fresh. Everybody say fresh. Fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind. You will not lag behind in the mighty name of Jesus. Spiritually, socially, intellectually, you will not lag behind. And God is saying the key is waiting upon him, upon God. So don't get plugged into the TV. Don't get plugged into food. Don't get plugged into sex. Don't get plugged into the bottle. Don't get plugged into perfume. Get plugged into God. Get plugged into God. And that's what he's saying. So the first thing you need to do when you are emotionally, mentally, and psychologically stressed out is to get alone with God. That's the first thing you need to do. Get alone with God. You heard Dr. Leah say, you go to the throne before you go to the phone. You know, many times it's good to cry out and we must and we encourage it. But you see, you need to learn to go to the throne before you go to the, to the phone. So the, the first place you go is to be alone with, with God. And, and some of you are like, but pastor, I don't know how to be alone with God. In fact, I don't like to be alone when I'm stressed because when I'm alone, that's when I cry. That's when I worry. That's when I'm, I'm in pain. That's when I, I, I can't even stand being alone when I'm stressed. And you see, the problem is that you have not learned how to be alone with God. Not alone with your anger. Not alone with your resentment. Not alone with your worries. But alone with who? With God. And to be alone with God is, a, is an art. It's an, you, you learn it. Which is why we say to folks, do the journey. In the second trip of the journey, there's no way you are going to do the second trip of the journey and you won't know how to be alone with God. Because we broke it down. Everybody that went through it knows how to be alone with God. If you've forgotten, you need to do it again. So when you don't know how to be alone with God, when you actually go to be alone and to pray, most people end up in tears. The situation is worse emotionally. They are crying. They are worrying because they did everything but be with God. And God says, when you come, to be alone with me, you have to wait. They that wait upon God. You see, and the challenge is we don't like waiting. We don't like waiting. We don't like waiting for anything. We, we want everything now. I mean, we want everything now. Now, 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 now. But you cannot 
hurry while you wait. You cannot wait in a hurry. Have you seen someone try to wait in a hurry? Trying to wait in a hurry. You cannot wait in a hurry. It's either you are waiting or you are in a hurry. If you were tried, you remember Jesus withdrew himself and he waited. I was sharing at the second service this morning. This is the third service. I was sharing at the second service how um, some someone came to see me and it wasn't my appointment days, but it's fine. When I'm in the office, people can come in. It's fine. But at that time, I mean, there was no appointment. I was, I blocked out 30 minutes. I was going to focus and, you know, meditate and, you know, and, and all that. And my colleague comes and she, and she says, oh, this person wants to see you. I said, okay, I'll, I'll see the person when I'm done with my... And she comes back and she says, oh, the person is in a hurry. And I'm like, how can you wait in a hurry? You have to wait. Be patient. You have to be patient. When you come to God, you cannot come to God in a hurry. You, when you come to God, you have to be patient. When you sit with God, you have to sit with God. I like how Matthew 6.6 6 puts it. The Matthew 6.6 6 says to us, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. He says, just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. Then something happens. Then the focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense His grace. When you come to God and you are able to wait and you are ministering to God. The focus changes from you to God. Immediately, you begin to feel and see that, <laughs> look, beyond your problems, you are sensing God's power. Be- be- beyond your confusion, you are sensing God's comfort and control. Beyond your stress, you are sensing God's arms around you. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable because we, that we don't understand this because we go to restaurants and we see waiters and, I mean, when you go to a, a good restaurant and there's a waiter waiting on you, you know what that means. You know, I'm not talking about restaurant that you are waiting on the waiter. Oh God, I am here. Oh God. <laughs> you know, I'm saying the restaurant that the waiter has waiting on you. You know, they go to a place and they stay in. They are watching you. They are watching everything you are doing. You know, as soon as you raise your head, they try to make eye contact and, and they're like, you know, what, what can they do, you know? So the, the waiter knows it's not about them, it's about you. Then when you are being served and you like the responsiveness of the waiter, when you are done eating, what, what do you do? You drop a tip. And usually the tip is based on your level of satisfaction. When you wait on God, God drops a tip. And his tip is not changed. Like a lot of us do. <laughs> his tip is, is cool. It's, I mean, so, so it takes care of you. God takes care. That's, that's just bottom line. It takes care of you. When you wait on him, it takes care of you. Your anxiety melts away. All of a sudden, you are thinking less about your problem. All of a sudden, you are seeing it is 
all about him. Lord, you are everything to me. Everything, everything. Lord, you are everything to me. My treasure, my priority. about you doesn't matter anymore. The hurtful things they said about you becomes irrelevant. How you've been treated becomes a non-issue. All the guilt melts away. All the fear melts away. All the anxiety melts away. All that is left in your heart is God's love. <laughs> Recently, apparently, my wife gave me a call and, you know, when she, when she calls me, you know, and I was just, you know, Saying, oh, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. And I was being, I mean, you know, playful as I, as I am. And she said, um, you're not angry with me again. I said, no. She said, should I be angry? Why should I be angry? She said, okay, don't worry. If you're not angry. You don't remember. You know, the point is that, was that, you know, the previous conversation, which was about two hours before then, you know, she had, I mean, there's something that, you know, got me upset, you know. But between then and the time she called back, I had gone my treasure, my priority, who can compare to you? Great is the measure of your royalty, oh I genuinely lost sight of the pain, of the anger, that the same person calls me back a few hours after, ready to apologize, and I'm laughing and I'm playing and I'm joking. I was like, you are not upset again. And honestly, did not remember. The problem with us is we don't go to Christ. We go to our journal. Some people, they are spouse of friends and they open a journal. This is the 15th of February at, you know. Meanwhile, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you, and I will give you rest. And the reason most of us are stressed out is simple. We are not spending time alone with God. We don't come to Christ. That's why we're stressed out. You go everywhere else except to Christ. You go everywhere else except to Christ. And our culture says when we are empty, when we are stressed out, we should do something. 
But Christ is saying, when you are stressed out, you come to me. Our culture says, when you are stressed out, go somewhere. Go to the movies when you are stressed out. Eat, eat another plate of ever when you are stressed out. Um, play a game when you are stressed. That's what our culture says. But God is saying, when you are stressed out, come to, come to me when you are stressed out. You know, talking to people and say, oh, pastor, I'm, I, I really just need to go to the movies. I mean, this was, I, I kid you not, this is 9.30, closing from work, I'm driving home. Someone calls me, maybe her husband has upset her. I says, oh, I want to go to the movies. I said, I said to her, what time is it? She said, I'm still catching one movie. Why? Because I'm really stressed out. <sighs> you are stressed out. Jesus says, Go to the movies, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest. There's nothing wrong with the movies, don't get me wrong. I mean, you can go and have a good time. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. I go to the movies, I mean, I've seen, met some of you there. Some of you who bought me popcorn, you know, and I, I thank you in advance for all the popcorns you buy for me. <laughs> so that's not the issue. The issue is this when we are at that place of despair, Christ is saying, come to me and I will give you rest. True rest for your soul. So the antidote to your stress is not, it's not a program on TV. It's not a plan. It's not a process. It's not a philosophy. It's not a pill. The antidote to your stress is a person and his name is Jesus. The antidote to your stress. Person. Person. And if you are clapping for him, I think you should clap well. Come on. You don't have to clap, but if you really are excited that I can't go to this pill, this pill cannot sort me out. This, this bottle cannot sort me out. This act or this activity cannot sort me out. Jesus says, Come to me. Come to me. Ephesians 1, 19 to 20, you know, again, I love scriptures, but, you know, someone says to me, Pastor, every time you want to, is every scripture you love? I say, yes, actually, I love the scripture. I actually love the scripture. It says to all the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Now, listen to this. Endless energy. Everybody say endless energy. Endless energy, boundless strength, all this energy issues from who? From Christ. So if you are gloomy, you are bent over, you are going as if the whole world is on your head, proof you are not with Christ. Proof you've not come to him. Or proof you've walked away from your reliance and your trust in him. So we, we, we run out of skelter because we, is it that we don't know that God is waiting to help us or we have forgotten. So sometimes we get into a truth and we know we're fired up. But life happens and we forget that truth so that we now begin to panic. The same person that really was fired up a few months ago is panicking now why we have forgotten. Today, God will remind you. Luke 8.50, Jesus overheard People telling Jairus, don't worry, your daughter is dead. Jairus was afraid. Imagine the stress. And Jesus said, don't be upset. Just trust me. And everything 
will be all right. I believe that God is saying to someone here today, don't be upset. Just trust me and everything will be all right. Do you receive that this morning? Don't be upset. Things trying to ruffle your feathers, try to upset you. God says don't be upset. Just trust him and everything will be all right. So the first thing we do is we come. The second thing we do is we take on his yoke. And that means we give up control. We give up control. So the second thing we do is we give up control. We give up control. The reason you get overloaded is you are trying to control too many things in your life. You are trying to control too many things in your life. You are acting as if you are the general manager of the universe. If I don't show up, the world will not function well. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So, the greater your need to control things, the more stressed you are going to be. We have people that are trying to control their siblings. People trying to control their spouses. Husband trying to control wife. Wife trying to control husband. And the wife says, I'm not trying to control you. But I'm just advising you. That's where you should sit. So that there's no trouble in this house. <laughs> I am not trying to control you. You know, I, I shared uh, something I, I read today. I mean, not this week. Someone sent it to me. It was, I found it really funny. You know, that if you, if you really want to have peace in your marriage, <laughs> that you must worry about the big, big decisions. And let your wife worry about the small, small decisions. Let your wife worry about the small, small decisions of the kind of car you drive, how you spend your money, where you live as a family, the direction the family is going, how and what to buy and where. Let your wife worry about that. You worry about the big, big things like, should the U.S. attack North Korea? <laughs> should <laughs> should you? Should, should the nuclear weapons be investigated in Iran? Should the war in Iraq be over? After all, you are the man. Worry about the big, big things. Should we go and attack Boko Haram? You know, those kind of things. <laughs> and leave your wife to do the rest, and you will live happily. <laughs> you live happily ever after. So we try to control things. You are trying to control your children. You are trying to control the weather. Ah. Don't make that mistake. Somebody said. Don't make all the mistakes yourself. Let other people make their own mistakes. So spread around the blame. Let the blame go around. <laughs> Don't carry everything on your head. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, take, 29a, take my yoke upon you. And there's a picture of, of, of the yoke that, that somebody sent to me at the first, um, um, second worship experience at 8 o'clock service today. I, I, I was here on the preaching, and I, I just saw a message pop up, and somebody sent me a picture. I mean, technology is amazing. And the, the person says, okay, Pastor, I think this will be a good illustration. I'm like, wow, I, I should use this. So, but I couldn't use it in that service. 
so they're going to put it up now. You know? <laughs> Imagine. So people are talking to their pastor while he's preaching. Sometimes I say something, you don't know if somebody has just given me that revelation. <laughs> so this is this, this, this yoke. This is just what it is. The yoke is the wooden thing that goes, wooden high-on combo that goes around and connects two um, oxen together for them to walk. So when Jesus says, take my yoke, what it means is this. The next, he also sent me the next one, exactly. What it means is this. Jesus wants to come side by side you and yoke with you and be connected with you. And that is beautiful. That is beautiful. So the, the purpose of a yoke is to make the load lighter. So if the two animals are identical, they are both oxes, and the, they have the same strength, averagely, when you yoke them together, the load splits and actually becomes less than half for each. If you do the math, less than half. It's about half for less than half. Now, for each animal. So, the, the, the load the, each animal is pulling is actually less than half. Now, when you yoke an ox with a goat, it's called an unequal yoke. The ox will do most of the work. Now, you need to get this. The goats will do less of the work, but the goats will go back damaged. Why? Because the ox will be dragging the yoke, and the yoke will not fit the goats, and it will be out of balance, and all that. Now, Jesus says in Matthew 11.30, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What does that mean? We'll get to that. But let, let me explain the, 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 the symbolic meaning of the yoke. The yoke is, is, is the symbol of partnership. In other words, Jesus comes beside you and you're like partners. Psalm 55 verse 22. The word of God says, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. It will carry your load and help you out. I mean, isn't that a good deal? When you yoke with Christ, he says, pile your troubles on his shoulders. He will carry your load and help you out. If you are feeling stressed and overloaded in your life, you know what it means? It simply means one thing. You are not yoked with Christ. I'm sorry to break it to you. Your life is ruled by stress. You are constantly and completely overloaded. You need to be yoked with Christ. You are saved, yes, but you are stressed. <laughs> you are on your way to heaven, but your life is like an oven. You need to get yoked. With who? With Christ. Because he says, my yoke is easy. And my burden is what? Is light. So a yoke is not just a symbol of partnership. A yoke is a symbol of surrender. A symbol of surrender. You give up control in return for a lighter load. You give up control for a lighter load. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's a miracle. How can a mortal man keep in step with the Spirit of the living God? It is 
share miracles. In other words, how can a mortal man be yoked to an immortal God? That looks like an uneven yoke. If something does not happen. When I'm yoked with Christ, and we are going to get to that something soon, <laughs> we move together in the same direction at the same pace. How can I, how can you keep pace with a supernatural God? How can you and I if be in the same direction with a supernatural God if it is not a miracle? Romans 3.28 Romans 3.28 says, Our lives give, get in step with God by letting him set the pace. Okay, so that tells us. So, how do I get in step with God? By letting God set the pace. That's how I get in step with God. By letting God. So, if there's something in your life that has been delayed, it means that God has a bigger, greater, and better plan for you. That's what it means. That's what it means. And it's not just a feel-good statement. It's the fact. When you are in step with the maker of the heavens and the earth, but there's something that you, you are pushing. It's as if you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing. It's as if your senior partner is, is, is not pushing. Something is not going in that direction. It means that your senior partner has a better direction with a better result for your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Beautiful. Let's clap for Jesus. I mean, if, if you want to, if you want to. I know there's a lot. I know you're writing. Your pen does not allow you to clap. Tribe mainly happens at tribe. So, but, so the truth is that you, in this life, you're going to be yoked to something. Everybody's yoked. To, as we speak, everybody, somebody, we are all yoked to something. But the question is, is it Christ? Some people are yoked to their careers. Some people are yoked to their business. Some people are yoked to the expectation of their parents. They are in their 40s, 50s, but they are still yoked to expectations of what will daddy say? And what mom, may Jesus set you free today? In the name of Jesus. Some of us, we are yoked to different habits. Everybody here is yoked to something. But if that thing is not Christ, if that person is not Christ, Today, you are going to make a substitution and drop that yoke and take on the yoke of Christ. Some people are unhealthily even yoked to their spouse. You know you can be unhealthily yoked to your spouse, but your spouse is your God. Today, you are going to be yoked to the living God in the mighty name of Jesus. So, so here, is the, here is the mystery. When Jesus says, my yoke is easy, Jesus is God, all-powerful, all-knowing. He's yoked to me, frail, weak, mortal. It's as if he's the big one, I'm the small one. No, that's as if, that is what it is. So, so it, 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 we have a problem, I should have a problem, right? But Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy. The word, the word easy in Greek. I won't bother you with the Greek. I'm just telling you the, the meaning. Simply means, and it's beautiful, completely, perfectly fitted. It means custom made. So Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy. It's custom made for you, Femi, so that you will not 
suffer bruises. You will not suffer damage. You will not suffer loss while I carry the heavy burden. Your yoke with Christ is custom fit. You cannot wear your mother's yoke. You cannot wear your pastor's yoke. You cannot wear your sister's yoke. You cannot wear your husband's yoke or your wife's yoke. Your yoke with Christ is custom made for you. So you need to come to Christ for fitting. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I mean, for those of us that have been married, you know, the, 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 the uh, bride is always particular about the dress, about the fitting. True or false? Oh, come on. Why are you looking so spiritual? True. Now, have you ever heard this, 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 the bride say to the husband-to-be, go and do the fitting for me. Let me take care of something else. So the man will go, they will, they will measure him, and they will, they will do the fitting. Then on the wedding day, the bride will come. <laughs> How will she look? Except they are twins. The point is this. The yoke, your yoke is waiting for you. And only you can wear it. And Jesus says that it will make your life easy. And your burden light. Praise the name of the Lord. See, because when you think about it, all the major things in life, in your life, in my life, are outside of our control. So why don't, why do we struggle with letting God take control? They're out of our control anyway. How many people here, you decided the day you were born? Let me see your hands up. None. I know your hands don't get off. You're just scratching your head. <laughs> that hand went like this. How many of us here determine who we were born to? The families you were born to? Out of your control. Some of us, if we had that way, we would change our siblings. But it's too late. You don't control it. Some of us, if we had a way, we would change our nationality. Out of all the countries in the world. Some of us have been thinking, why Nigeria? Oh God of heaven. But God has a purpose. None of us will even know the day we will go. Even if God shows you, he shows you, he takes you. The day you will go, you don't know. So there's nothing that is really outside of your control. When you slept yesterday, did you know you were going to wake up this morning? Oh, by the grace of God, I know, I know. You are very spiritual. But my point is, you don't even control it. When you close your eyes and you slept, you ceded control to the Most High. And He made sure you are awake today. And what does it, what does it get? What does it get in return? Many of us grumble to church today. Even the things, you know, you think you control. Someone says to me, oh, but pastor, I, I control, I determined who I got married to. I said, really? Just, I give you one, two, three, four. Some people, time is getting shorter, actually. You will look at the person and say, did I marry you? <laughs> 
did I marry you? <laughs> Everyone that has been married more than five years knows what I'm saying. So it's possible you didn't even choose. <laughs> so why do we try to control everything? Why don't we just let God be God and let God have his way? Praise the name of the Lord. Luke 12:26 says to us that if even the smallest things are beyond our control, why are we anxious about the rest? And I've just shown you that even the big things are out of our control. So why are you anxious about it? Why do you, you know, someone says to me, but Pastor, you, you mean you don't, you, I look at you, you really don't worry. I say, I don't. He says, how come you don't worry? Is it because you don't have problems? I say, I have my own fair share. Everybody have their own fair share. They say, so how come you are not worried? I said, because I've discovered that my worrying does not solve the problem. I've shared it before. Earlier in my mind, you know, my wife, <clears throat> we were having, you know, Pastor Leah was talking about when you have accommodation problem, it gives you stress, you know. <laughs> we didn't know where the rent was going to come from. The rent was due. We didn't know where it was going to come from. And there I was, I was sleeping, I was snoring, I was changing gear. So my wife woke me up, wake up! I'm like, what is it? She says, how are we going to, how can you be sleeping? When we don't even know where we're going to pay the rent from. Like, was that why you woke me up? He said, yeah. I said, oh my goodness. I said, okay, you that you are awake. <laughs> After all, you've been awake for so long. Let your waking moment add up and pay the rent now. You know? And that was the day I sat down in the market in my house. That never, don't ever talk to me about rent again. I don't want you to ever worry about rent for the rest of your life. That's my responsibility. I'm the man. <laughs> Glory be to God. So, Shakarao, I, <laughs> I, I didn't know where I was going to come from. But you see, that's how God is. Because I took my place and I said to her, I don't want to ever have this discussion again. I mean, this is over 10 years this happened. She's never had to ask me for rent again. Why? Because when you let God be God, He will be God and you will just be enjoying being His boy. Praise the name of the Lord. The, the key thing about us is that we want, imagine you have a child, the, the guy is in primary school, and he's saying to you, Daddy, let's, how do we pay my school fees? Who does that? If your son does that, you know that you have a big problem in your heart. The guy doesn't give a damn how you pay it. Just make sure you pay it. He's going to play with his friends. His daddy and mommy that I want ah, the school fees of these children, they, they don't care. Even at table, if they hear you talking about it, they just look at you. Don't you have better things to say? You know why? Because they trust that you will pay it. So why can't you trust God that he will pay it and sort you out? And that is what he's saying. So when we come to Christ, 
We take up his yoke. We seize control and we learn to follow him. We will find rest. In fact, some of us have found rest already. We've not even talked about the third one. But we need to talk about learn to follow Christ. Jesus, if you look at his life, Jesus never lived by pressures. Jesus always lived by priorities. He never lived by pressures. There was no time in the Bible, if you find it, tell me, when Jesus said to the disciples, ah, we need to run to Jerusalem. Oh, before we miss the, um, the synagogue. Is, is that in the Bible? Jesus was never in a hurry for anything. In fact, they told him Lazarus was dying. He said, hey, okay, he hasn't died well, well. He said, hasn't died well, well. It took his time, four days. The journey was a day's journey. It took him three days. What was he doing? And he's the one we are to follow. So if you are going to, un- to, to live a stressless life, you have to unlearn all those stress habits that you have gathered. There's someone close to me. That will come to me and will say, Oh, and I'll listen and say, Calm down. I said, This is what you are trying to say, right? And so, why are you making it so stressful? She said, Because we have to do it. I said, uh-huh. What if we don't do it? Ah, if we don't do it, it don't be nice. Okay, we have to do it. Hey, let's trust God now. Then she goes, I don't know. I don't even know why you, you make everything look so simple. I mean, I don't know why you make everything look so complex. <laughs> you make everything look so simple. Look, you have a choice in this life. You can leave it as complex as you want, or you can leave it as simply as you want, trusting that God will take care of the complexities. It's your choice. It's your choice. So what will it be? What will it be for you? Make your choice. Matthew eleven twenty nine b Jesus says, Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Why didn't Jesus say, I will teach you confidence and endurance? Why didn't he say, I will teach you courage and strength? Why didn't Jesus say, I will teach you time management and goal setting? For stress. Why did Jesus say, I will teach you energy efficiency and effectiveness for stress? Jesus says, I will teach you how to be gentle and how to be humble. You know why? The greatest stressors of life come from pride and aggression. So, if you check, the greatest stressors of life come from aggression and pride. What's the antidote to arrogance and aggression? Gentleness and humility. So Jesus is saying, you know, if you think about it, all the stress, is that aggression at you? Maybe from your father-in-law or from your mother-in-law or from your boss or from your colleague or from your business or the aggression you are trying to give the world. Or the arrogance the world has given you or is giving you or the arrogance you are 
exuding and, and dissipating and distributing in the world. Most of the stress of life comes from those two sources. And Jesus is saying, I will teach you humility and gentleness. Come, because I am gentle and I am humble, and you will find rest. I mean, that alone is a, is a huge is a series by itself. <laughs> Believe me. But, it is enough for us to know that when you go the way of Christ, the way of humility and gentleness, you will find rest. Some of you today, you are here, <laughs> you are about to go under with stress. But you have seen light because you've learned that you come to Christ, you cede control to him, and you learn to follow him. Then you will find rest. When we come, take and learn, you will find rest for your soul. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. Some of us, we need to come. We need to come. We need to come. Some of us, we need to take up and give up control. Some, yet, we need to learn to follow him. Talk to him. Talk to God. I don't know what, which area do you need to build up or strengthen or work on. Or you may be here, you're like, Pastor, I'm not even in step with God. I'm out of step with God. I am not born again. Or I used to be born again, but, you know, things have happened, Pastor. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward. Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray. I want to be in step with God again. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Oh, I want to get born again afresh. Pray with me. That is me. Put up your hand now over your head quickly, and I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. But put up your, put up your hand well. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you right there. God bless you right there. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands. God bless you. Another hand over there. Keep the hands up. God bless you. That is me, my brother. Thank you. God bless you, my sister. That is me. That is me. Keep the hands up. Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. God bless you right there. Another hand over there. God bless you. I, I need to be in step with Jesus. I need to be in step with Jesus. I'm out of step. I'm out of sync. The rest of us, we need to pray. You are in Christ, but you are in crisis. It is a, it is a misnomer. It's a misnomer. You are, you are in Christ, and you are stressed out. You are on your way to heaven, and your life is like an oven. You need to adjust. Where do you need to make the adjustment? Is it in coming to Christ and not stop running to things? Stop running to things that are legitimately neutral but cannot give life? Or is it to come and sit control, take his yoke upon you, your customized yoke upon you? Or is it to come and follow him in gentleness and humility? What is it for you? Talk to him. Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control wherever you may live. I have made a choice to listen your voice wherever you may I will go. Be 
So you need to put your hand now up over your head. Quickly, if you put it up, put it up well, well, not on your head. God bless you. If you are if you are online, instructions are scrolling also. God bless you. God bless you right there. God bless you. That is you. That is you. You said it in your heart. That is you. I, 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 I put it, put it, put up the hand. Once you have the card, you can put it down. You can put it down. God bless you. God bless you. That is me. That is me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for everyone that is committing to you today. We ask that you, the way you customize everybody's yoke that makes their life easy and their body light, customize their yokes in the mighty name of Jesus. Empower them to live above mental illness or stresses or depression in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for everyone in this place, oh God, that our life will be filled with endless energy, energy that comes from Christ to the praise and glory of your name. Thank you, Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord as we honor.